Welcome to today's episode of the Pride Podcast, the podcast for professionals in doctoral education. Our topic today, what you should know about societal impact in research. This episode aims at newcomers in the area. In this episode, we want to round up the discussion we started in spring with our conference and training and especially address the community that did not have the chance to get in touch with the topic yet. My name is Madeleine Habich and I'm part of the Pride Network Association. My guests today are Tony Caro, a senior institutional capacity builder for the implementation of societal impact and stakeholder engagement strategies. She's currently director of the International Research Project Office at Valencian International University, senior researcher at the Digital Society Technology Unit at the I2CAT Foundation, and founder of the EO for Good think tank and strategy consultancy to promote leading transformation for the common good. And from the doctoral office of the University of Vic, Central University of Catalonia, Nuria Rocateri Cabras, head of the doctoral office, and Elisenda Rosana Serabasa, project manager at the doctoral office. We got to know each other at this year's Pride training and conference in Prague and wanted to continue our discussion on how the topic of impact in research can be incorporated into doctoral training and what professionals can do to support the candidates. Thank you very much, Madeleine. Well, the first question here to, to Tony is um, in order to know why should one deal with the social impact of research at present? Why is this topic is so relevant now? Well, what a question. Um, well, my answer is that um, it's relevant for so many reasons. To be specific, I, I'll put an example of what I think uh, can help us understand the magnitude of this issue. I was um, uh, sent a message by a, a colleague of mine two or three days ago uh, with a question. Where will the next 1,000 babies be born in the coming uh, future? And it, it was um, an article that uh, was um, making this um, reflection on the big problem of the demographic change that we are suffering in the world. So we have a population that is declining, so it's um, getting older and older in many, many countries. But at the same time, we get... 140 million babies born every year. So there is this thing that has a big, big impact on the local level in many countries and the global level as humanity uh, for all of us with this increasing demography. So impact, as I come from social science, and that's why I'm putting this example on, on societal issues, it has a magnitude in everyday life. For example, if we are getting people older and we don't have replacement in the in the work labor, we won't have the possibility of uh, keeping the labor force or keeping our pension system or our welfare state in many countries. And at the same time, in other parts of the world, they won't have enough uh, resources for keeping the health system for all these people. So, Imagine uh, the first country that is getting these uh, babies is India. No wonder they have 
1,400 million people uh, as a population, so they are the first one. Second is uh, China, but China is declining also their birth rate. An amazing data here is that Nigeria is the third country in this ranking, and Nigeria is doubling the world uh, birth rate in the coming years, and that's because of many, many reasons. Um, one is the poverty levels, other is uh, women not having enough entrance into, into education. So you see, you take one issue, you take one question, and then you, you go with the impacts of this question, of this issue in so many layers, in so many levels, and in the local and the global level together. So, but we could go to engineering, bioengineering, we could go to mobility, we can, we can go to telework, you take many, many issues and we'll see all the impacts in, in our lives and in, in the planet. But at which point of contact in the universities do you ideally think it makes sense to introduce the future researchers to the topic of social impact in research? Well, if you ask me, as soon as they open the door and enter, that's not happening yet, or not so in such a, a brute manner. But um, I think we are we are in transition. We are doing things at universities. Uh, we are getting social responsibility, sustainability, engagement with uh, society, com different type of communications. But we have to do a lot more. If I think of what uh, we need to do for the next generation of researchers and innovators in terms of impact is before they come to the university, they should have heard and reflect and, and think on the things they want to do with their careers, with the, their career development, uh, with the motivation for doing things that change um, the, the world for the better, so for the common good. And when they come into the university, they should get to reflect from the very beginning as in the bachelor, but more um, intensively in the master and in the doctoral program. And I would say even after that, because um, one idea is that we come in and out of the university when we are older, throughout our lifelong learning in our career development, we need to get this impact more explicitly in whatever we do. I don't know if you are doing things in this sense in, in your university in BIG, but uh, we have done this before in, in the previous university I was working at Deusto in the Basque Country. We are planning this in Valencia, in Valencian International University, where I'm working now at the moment. And we are collaborating with networks. Pride is, is doing a lot of work and, and the capacity building in Prague was a good example. But also ESIS, the network that, that is evaluating impacts or, or different hubs within universities all over uh, the world, in Canada, in, in, in Netherlands, in UK, etc. So, yes, we need to, to do a lot more uh, from the beginning. We haven't started yet in our university to introduce uh, the social impact in our researchers, the PhD students. But in Spain, the candidates uh, submit their research plan after the first year. 
would like to know some examples of good practices in order to know how to, to engage those doctoral students from the beginning and what the doctoral schools and the academic boards can do. In my experience is that we have to overcome a lot of resistances. Um, so universities in general uh, don't like changes. So they are very old traditional institutions with very good uh, competences for research and for academic methodologies. But when you have to talk with the um, director of a PhD program or a supervisor, they are usually doing so many things. They have lots in their plates. Uh, so you come and tell them, now you have to think on, on the impacts, apart from training the, the PhD student that is very, very tight to schedule three, four years, the maximum that they have to do this piece of research. Then they have to do some engagement with society. And then they have to do some interdisciplinary collaboration or they have to do some uh, communication of what they are doing in terms of people understand in another language, which is more accessible to society, how we are investing this much money in their preparation for the future. So when you talk with the doctoral schools, they say, we are doing so many things, how we can do more. So... The idea is that we find early adopters in the, in the programs, that we find um, good examples in uh, some doctoral schools that can be uh, adapted or adopted in another uh, setting so that people don't start from scratch. And here I can say that uh, we were translating some um, results for uh, some research uh, projects into some briefings that could be used by professionals and end users in different fields. It was amazing uh, because we went through a process when you start talking with the researchers. You tell them, think on the uh, people that can use your research and try to explain this research. The first draft they brought was very much alike to a um, scientific paper. And uh, the, the type of language, the type of um, the way uh, it was explained, it was not so easy to understand for everybody that is not a specialist in the field. So we went through a process of the constructing the way they have been trained to be uh, explaining the whole thing. And I, I like to use this expression, tell that as if you were talking with your grandma. If you are talking with your grandma, do you think she will understand uh, this, this methodology? So you have to explain her what you are doing in a way that she can understand you. Then there is a shift. It, it is a very nice process when, when you go through that. But um, it takes deconstructing the way we have been trained and uh, not everybody is um, ready or um, is willing, and it takes time until you get to this uh, new uh, new way of um, thinking or doing things yeah? or, or explaining science to society. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, it's a nice advice to tell them uh, to speak as they were 
the grandmother because they use different kind of language, more understandable for all layers of, of society. Then it's, it's a good point <laughs> to take into account. In addition, how can we ensure during the follow-up that the young researchers keep an eye on the societal impact? I mean, if, if, they, if they get uh, into the impact uh, arena from the very beginning, as I said, as they open the door, and they are trained little by little, I can imagine that the impact will be embedded into the research question from the beginning. So if that's the case, that means that uh, the whole research would be envisaged, would be designed uh, or co-designed with uh, different stakeholders. And I will talk now a little bit on, on this uh, co-designing. The methodologies and the monitoring of impact would be intrinsic part of the research. So uh, for me, the main question, joining this with the previous question that you were doing, is how doctoral schools raise awareness among younger generation of researchers that delivery to society is so important that uh, the, the, the impact that they will have, not maybe not at the beginning when they are doing their PhD thesis because it's a, the, the first research that they are doing, but for the future of their career, that impact should be also part of their uh, background of their of their mind or the um, thinking and and posing uh, new research questions. So I would say, yeah, the the methodology, the type of indicators, the way they do research would be embedded by the future impact that they will they will have. After the Pride training and the conference last May on the societal impact in research, we were very inspired and we now see how important it is to bring the topic of impact to the notice of the doctoral candidates at a very early stage, as you said. However, since the engagement with the topic does not lie only with the candidates, we will like to ask you how we could motivate and involve other stakeholders such as supervisors, academic staff, companies, and society in general. And in particular, we are asking you this because, as we have already said, our university is closely integrated into the local society. So which other stakeholders could we try to engage and how? Bo, Elisenda, this is my topic. Thank you for the question. Uh, I love looking at the challenge from a kaleidoscopic view. Uh, in fact, I use the picture of a blur kaleidoscope in capacity buildings as I did in, in Prague. I do this because I really think we need the integration from a myriad of angles, uh, from the bottom up, from the top down, from the middle round, uh, from different dimensions. So we need the socioeconomic, which uh, many times is forgotten because uh, now digitalization and technology is uh, uh, getting into the fore in the agenda. We, we are claiming that the social transition should come together with the uh, green and the digital. So socioeconomic um, dimension is needed, uh, environmental, but also policy or political dimension, sustainability, etc. Uh, we need different voices, uh, interests, 
type of knowledges and, and sectors together. So the, the challenge for um, doctoral schools is how we get this um, kaleidoscope um, um, real into initiatives, into, into projects that we can get our young researchers, the, the ones that are getting uh, trained in the, with their PhD thesis in the, in the doctoral programs, uh, get together with um, people um, in companies or in policy making in their, in their field, in, in the sector, or how they get involved in collaborations with uh, other uh, PhD students in other uh, disciplines. So here it comes the what I, um, I'm, I'm developing, um, this methodology, which is called EO for Good Multi-Eye Virtuous Tornado. So it, it is, um, if you have, I, I love metaphors and I love images to explain something which is complex, but you could imagine a tornado that starts with the vortex, uh, uh, with uh, an initiative uh, in, in co-creation, so develop an idea. And it gets uh, innovation from the ages and it gets uh, wider and wider uh, with these particles of um, different type of collaborations that are start with an eye and that's the multi-eye uh, uh, model. So we usually collaborate with uh, people we build trust. So interpersonal collaboration is important. So we build this collaboration uh, personal uh, relationship. Uh, we collaborate with institutions, so interinstitutional collaboration is important. So imagine if your university is not working with any other institution, that would be very strange. Uh, so we, uh, we need this interdisciplinary collaboration if we want to answer to the complex challenges that we are facing today. And we were talking about demography at the beginning, but we can go to mobility and, uh, or to energy and, and we find different type of um, uh, disciplines and sectors. So intersectorial collaboration is also important. International, so we have a number of E's, I's that has been, uh, have been br bringing together and making these experiments on how we can build this tornado of um, uh, getting people involved in quadruple helix um, uh, building, uh, ecosystem building, so that we get the local and the global together with um, setting priorities and research questions with uh, the voices of different people, different sectors, different disciplines together. And if we do that, we can be more creative. So we co-create together. And a very important thing is that we do it for the um, making a better um, a solution for all. So we have the win-win situation for, for everyone involved. And also um, with the principle of... Um, making no harm to the planet, no harm to the context that we are um, making this uh, solution for, and also the, the principle of inclusion. That's another eye of the, of the model. Uh, no, the principle of leaving no one behind so that we include everyone in the solution. 
So that's, uh, that's my baby at the moment, and the AO for Goods uh, think tank and strategic consultancy I'm, I'm building as an entrepreneur. So I'm coming to impact from these different, uh, with these different hats and, and uh, as researcher, but also as manager, as um, evaluator for the commission, as an entrepreneur. And I see all the different angles. So that's the the kaleidoscope and, and what I'm learning by by doing and by experimenting with others. Thank you, Tony. That's very inspiring. So uh, we'll keep on mind. Thank you. Uh, another question. Uh, if you consider that the societal impact in research is a European issue and because it's a condition of European, European standing, uh, what kind of activities can be undertaken across universities, for example, via a network like Pride? to create best practices for support uh, for doctoral candidates? Well, um, I think, uh, luckily, the young, the young generations are responsible for the spread of impacts in, uh, in companies. So uh, for most, obtaining a positive social and environmental impact would be as important as researching or making money. So I think our challenge uh, as... Um, senior researchers or um, responsible of uh, support uh, research offices or doctoral schools or uh, as Madeleine coming from Pride Network uh, is that we raise awareness among this new generation of researchers uh, that uh, they would be uh, game changers into the, the their contest, into their uh, field of um, study or the position that they will be uh, placed in the in their career. So uh, if we do that, we will have these agents of change, uh, this generation um, that can be innovators of any age, changing the world for the better. So I think that's the, that's the challenge. Now, this could be a start for our listeners. Um to get to know something about the topic, to think about how they are doing it at their universities, how they are supporting their doctoral candidates with the topic. If our listeners want to dive deeper in the topic, where would you suggest them to start, Tony? The, well, there are um, many attempts for, for deepening on this, uh, on this topic and there are many resources. So uh, we have... Um, Uh, people in in the European Commission uh, doing a lot of work to clarify what impact means and and we are now uh, writing um, a guide for what is um, title how can I write a, a good uh, section two on impact for a Horizon Europe proposal for example so that's something that um, has been required because uh, there is a lot of um, uh, trouble at the moment to understand and to think on a longer term how um, a project can uh, make a change. So just to explain this, huh? we have um, an issue with the, the timeline of um, the results of a project, which, which can be two, three, five years, but the issue with impact is that we usually see what this uh, project can change after uh, some time when the project has ended. 
So uh, it is a lagging between uh, the project uh, time and the impacts happening that uh, we need to clarify. Usually when you talk with a researcher or when I'm writing a project as a researcher myself, I think if I think on what I can promise on impact is science fiction. In this guide, what we are trying to see is how we are building the specific objectives in relation to the priorities, the expected outcomes of the commission, and also the the idea that we are proposing to solve the problem. So uh, I think it will help. But um, yeah, we can also go to the um, uh, sustainable development goals and the targets. There are many uh, new uh, methodologies that uh, to monitor um, this uh, this target the, uh, and and this and the new methodologies. I can send some some resources and you can put it together with the podcast so that people can access to to this and uh, help everyone to be trained. You know, but because that's. Uh, what we do, eh? learning from each other, exchanging and, and building together. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can send you some. Thank you so much, Tony. And um, thank you also to Nuria and Elisenda and to all three of you for your time. I really enjoyed producing this podcast with you and um, I really enjoyed to talk about the topic of impact with the three of you. There's so much to learn, as you said, Tony. We have to network and get more knowledge about it since it's still evolving and we still have to find out what it is in fact yeah i would like to say that uh, it was a very uh, nice invitation and a very good uh, way to to share what we are learning uh, we are learning in the way it's a process and um, to share with you and with everyone that is um, listening to us so thank you very much for the opportunity and for the uh, collaboration thank you um, to to the pride network to first of all to invite us but uh, thank you also for inviting to the conference and the training as uh, tony said uh, the first uh, start or the first point is to share with our colleagues, our researchers, about the societal impact in order to know more and more and more, and in order to teach to our earlier researchers and to be the change of the next years in the field of research. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Uh, it's always a, a pleasure to hear Tony. It's very inspiring. Uh, so it's, it's a pleasure to, to learn and there is a it's, it's a complex uh, process but it's, it's very nice and uh, thank you uh, madeleine and pride also for the opportunity and well we'll keep on on mine and 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 work on that thank you for listening to this episode of the pride podcast accompanied to the episode you can find all relevant links and further information on our website pride-network.eu if you want to add something to this episode or comment, you can do so via Twitter. We post under Pride Network. And if you want to contribute to our podcast series, do not hesitate to contact us. Goodbye and until next time.